Amen. All right. I uh, am wearing this year's Easter shirt today, as you can see. Uh, I was out of town last week with family and uh, didn't get to wear it here, but I don't know about you, but I ain't over Jesus being resurrected. Amen? So I thought I'd wear it today. It's all right to wear it today, isn't it? All right, that's why I'm wearing this T-shirt, in case you're wondering. I'm not over the resurrection of Jesus, and I'm happy that we are here today to celebrate that. I can't, I can't tell you how honored I am to, to baptize people and, and how exciting it is to baptize people for us to be together and experience that together. Um, and just excited about what the Lord is going to do today through His Holy Spirit. You can see that we'll be in 1 John today. I don't like that we call it 1 John. I think it should be 2 John because John also wrote a gospel. So to me it's 2 John, but we call it 1 John, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, we'll be in 1 John chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. 1 John chapter 5, verse 5, if you didn't know, is our mission verse. So as we get to that this morning, that is... That is the driving force behind what we do uh, here at this church. It's on, a, it's on a wall, big and pretty, back there in the fellowship hall. And uh, it is a verse that means a lot to me, uh, even before the last six weeks. So I uh, love this verse. I love where we're digging into today. And uh, that's where we'll be. So find your place there. It's way in the back, for those of you that, that may need to look in your ta table of contents. Um, so, overcome overcome what does that mean to conquer something to overcome to, to get past something what are we talking about overcoming as we dig into this morning the verse talks about overcoming the world what does that mean what's in the world that we have to overcome what are the things that we deal with on a regular basis on a daily basis even on a minute to minute basis sometimes what is that if you had if you had to boil it down i would say it like this what are we overcoming the universal language of the world is suffering. It doesn't matter what language you speak. It doesn't matter what nation you're from. It doesn't matter what ethnicity or race you are. Every human being has experienced some more than others, and every human being understands suffering. What are we overcoming? We are overcoming suffering. That's what we want to overcome. That's what Jesus has overcome. Suffering. We talk about that a lot. We fight suffering for the gospel of Jesus. That's what the banner of our website says, fbcdan.com. We fight suffering for the gospel of Jesus. Not just for the sake of doing it, but because we want to end suffering once and for all. And that's how you, the only way to do that is for Jesus to be invited into your life. So, what do I mean by suffering? What is suffering? A lot of things. It's pain. Suffering is pain. What causes suffering? Lack sometimes causes suffering. Lack of something we need or something we want. Confliction, the state of being conflicted or the absence of the, excuse me, the opposite of peace causes suffering. Purposelessness causes suffering. I think it causes the most suffering out of all the things that we experience is to have no aim, to have no purpose, to have no meaning. Some people believe that's what life is. Life is purposelessness. There's no purpose to being here, to being alive. You can sum all those things up by saying evil. Evil causes suffering. What, what is evil? Evil is, is word and action 
that causes pain and suffering for no purpose. That's key. Evil is word and action and or action that causes pain and suffering for no purpose. Now that, that last part is key because not all pain and suffering, not all confliction, not all things that we would consider suffering are evil. They may not be pleasant, but they're not always evil. Sometimes they are for our benefit. Sometimes they are for God's ultimate plan. Sometimes uh, it's for many reasons. But ultimately it's sin. It's evil. It's pain and suffering for no purpose. That's the, that's the suffering that we want to overcome. And that's the suffering that I think, that's what I think John is talking about when he's talking about overcoming in these verses as we dig in today. So the Apostle John has something to say about all this this morning. The Holy Spirit of God spoke through John and gave us this letter some time ago. And he has quite a bit to say about this subject. So let's see what he says. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 1, Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. And everyone who loves the Father also loves the one born of Him. This is how we know that we love God's children, when we love God and obey His commands. For this is what love for God is, to keep His commands. And His commands are not a burden. Because everyone who has been born of God conquers the world. This is the victory that has conquered the world, our faith. And then in verse 5, who is the one who conquers the world but the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Who is the one that conquers the world but the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Or only the one, your translation may, see, may say, only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. So we're talking about overcoming or conquering. You know that I'm, I'm kind of nerdy when it comes to things and, and I like to look up definitions and what words mean and, and those types of things because it helps me understand things. So when we talk about conquering, what do we mean? To gain mastery or win by overcoming obstacles or opposition. See, in order to overcome something, there has to be something to overcome. In order to conquer something, there has to be something that has to be conquered in order to do that. So we're talking about overcoming or conquering or winning or getting past something. What is that something? That something is ultimately sin and suffering in this world. How can we conquer that? Well, we're going to dig through these verses that we just read to see specifically how John says that we can conquer the sin and suffering of this world. And I, and I, I think of it like this. I think of it like, as like a chain. You know how a chain works. There's different links. They're all linked together. If any one link in the chain breaks, then the chain is broken. The other links don't work unless the chain is all together. So we're going to look at the ways in these five verses that, that, that John tells us that we overcome the world. So this is the unbreakable chain from God for overcoming. The first thing that John says is you have to be born of God. You have to be born of God. Everyone, everyone, catch that, not almost, not nearly all, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. And everyone who loves the Father also loves the one born of Him. You can't love God the Father 
and not love Jesus. You can't put a different name on God and, and not, go through him, not go through Jesus to get to him. Because if you love God, then you love Jesus. And if you love Jesus, then you love God because they are one and the same. Two different expressions of the exact same one and only Almighty God. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. What do we mean by born of God? It just means a complete renewal. It means what we celebrated this morning. Spiritually reborn. Born again. I'm a born-again believer. That's not, a saying, that's, not a, that's not a phrase we use a whole lot anymore, but I love that saying. Born again. Born from above, literally, the language says. Born from above. God's Spirit indwells us and regenerates us, spiritually speaking, into a brand new being. Born of God. So you cannot overcome the world unless you have been born of God. Reborn through faith in Jesus Christ. That is the first thing that we have to understand. It is a God thing. It is a faith thing. It is not your willpower. It is not how strong you are or how disciplined you are. It has nothing to do with any of that. It is a complete and total gift of God given to us through the obedience of faith that we are reborn of God. Second thing in the chain. Second, second lean link Excuse me, in the chain. Love the children of God. This is how we know that we love God's children. That's the second thing that John says. So if this is how we love the children of God, that is saying that we're supposed to love the children of God. That's easy to miss there if you're not careful. This is how, we're, this is how we do it. That's implicitly saying that we're supposed to do it. There should be no better, greater, more loving place in the world ever than a body of believers of Jesus. We are to love the children of God, those born of God. First, born of God. Second, love the children of God. This is how we know that we love God's children. And then John goes on. Third thing, third link in the chain for overcoming suffering. We have to love God. We love the children of God, but we also love God. This is how we know that we love God's children when we love God. The two things are inextricably linked together. You can't love God and not love His people. And you can't love His people and not love God. They go hand in hand. When Jesus was walked up to in the, and, and asked, what is the greatest commandment? He said, love God with everything you got. That's my translation. Love God with everything you've got, with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And then he went on a little bit later, just a little bit down the road, and, and then he redefined what that means to love your neighbor. He said to love your neighbor is to love like I've loved. And that puts it on a whole other plane. It's more than just being nice. It's more than just checking in on each other. It's what we say over and over and over and over, and we will continue to say it over and over again. It's service. It's being genuine with each other. Being sincere is the word we use for that. And it's sacrifice. That's how Jesus loved. He was authentic all the time. He served all the time. And he obviously sacrificed for us in a way that was unfathomable, still unfathomable to me. I don't know why, I don't know why God would love a wretch like me in a way that he has 
through Jesus. I do not understand why he would love me that way, but I'm thankful that he does, and I'm thankful that he loves you the same way. The fourth thing, the fourth link in the chain. Again, these are all together. It's a chain. You can't have one without the other. They all go together. It's obey God's commands for the, where the rubber meets the road, right? Easy to talk about God. It's even to sing to God. Easy to sing about God. It's easy to show up at church. It's easy to do a lot of things that look like being a Christian. Very easy. And none of those things are bad. But where the rubber meets the road is obeying God's command. That's a link in the chain that gets broken often. Now, when, lots of times when we hear obey God's commands, we go Exodus 20, right? We go, we, we go Ten Commandments. We go rules and regulations. And we automatically go to this place where God is putting this burden on us and these, these rules and these stipulations and you jump through this hoop and you jump through that hoop. I think those things matter. They definitely matter. Morality matters. <laughs> Being immoral causes pain and suffering. That's sin. But I think it's much, much, much deeper than that. I think the standard for obeying God's commands is way higher than we like to admit. We like it to be a checklist. Get up, especially if I get up a little early, then I really feel good about myself. Get up a little early, check off that I said a quick prayer to the Lord, check off that I read the Bible, check off that I gave my tithe, check off that I do all these things. But the standard is to love the way Jesus has loved. The standard is how we love and treat each other. That's obeying God's commands. All those other things are great. I don't think you can effectively do that. I don't think you can effectively love the church, the body of Christ, each other. I don't think we can do that unless we're in the Word, unless we're in prayer, unless we're in fellowship together, unless we're obeying through giving with a generous heart. I, don't think, I think all those things go together, but I think the standard, I think the ultimate way of obeying God's commands, and it only comes by being born of God, renewed as a new human being, a new creation, is the way that we love and treat each other. How do you know if you love somebody? What are you willing to give up for them? Are you willing to give up anything for them? If you're not willing to give up anything for them, then you probably just kind of have an acquaintance in your life. And acquaintances are fine. That's great. But Jesus said that you have to love the way he has loved. And Jesus loved by giving it all. He sacrificed it all. Are you willing to sacrifice for each other? Are we willing to sacrifice for each other, church? We have to be if we're going to be obeying God's commands. It's more than just a checklist. It's way better than just a dead religious checklist. He goes on there to say, this is how we know that we love God's children. When we love God and obey His commands, for this is what love for God is, to keep His commands, and His commands are not a burden. I love that part there where it says to know. You know, John says that, that word know over 30 times in this letter. He is writing this letter so that you and I know what it is to know Christ. We know what it is to be reborn of God. We know what it is to have eternal life. Not wish for, not, oh, I hope so, maybe one day, to know you are born of God. You are a child of God. You love the children of God. You want to obey His commands and to know that you have eternal life. Now, 
and forever. I love that John says that. Know that we love God's children. How do we know we love God? And how do we love God? By obeying his commands. What's the highest command he's given us? To love each other sacrificially. And we will come back to that over and over and over and over because it is difficult to do. It is difficult. That's what we hope to do. How do we do that? Because everyone who has been born of God conquers the world. See how it comes back to the first link in the chain? Everyone who has been born of God conquers the world. I'm going to switch real quick with I would be fuming because something like this happened because I like to be efficient and I don't like things to mess up. But if Satan thinks he's running today with a microphone, <laughs> he is out of his mind. There ain't no way that's happening. We ain't getting distracted and we're not missing the point. Because everyone who has been born of God conquers the world. This is the victory that has conquered the world. Our faith. Faith. That word, it comes up a lot, doesn't it? Faith. 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 We say it with a lot of different English words. Belief. Believe in Jesus. Have faith in Jesus. Put your trust in Jesus. All of those things are only proven through action. Otherwise, they're just words. Faith in Jesus. It conquers the world. It is the victory. Not will be the victory. Not someday we hope for it to be the victory. It is the victory. It is the victory. Now and forever, it is the victory. It has conquered the world. It is our faith. And then we go on. Faith in Jesus, the Son of God. It's not faith for the sake of faith. It's not hope for the hope sake of hope. It's not, you know, you have, to, you have to believe that things will be better. Things may not be better in this life. Sometimes the things in this world that happen in this life are awful, unexplainable, ununderstandable. It's not, it's not hope for the sake of feeling good. It's not faith for the sake of faith. It's not, man, if you just, you know, have your dream board and you just think about it every day and you'll attract the things into your life that are awesome. Well, big deal. Big deal about anything you get in this world. Big deal. It doesn't mean anything. Anything. It's only faith that Jesus is the Son of God. That's the one single hope we have. That's it. It's the only thing that we have. And that's where we get to the verse that I love. Who is it that conquers the world? The world. Sin. Suffering. Pain. Loss. Confliction, addiction, all the things that we throw into that pot that we do not like to experience in our life or any one that we know or love to experience. Who is it that conquers the world? All those things. But the one who believes, believes, there it is again, that Jesus is the Son of God. That's it. That's it. So let's put it in a visual. Here's our chain. It begins with faith. Faith. What is faith? Belief, hope, and trust. All those things go into the word faith. Belief, hope, and trust in Jesus, the Son of God. When we do that, we're born of God. When we're born of God, we obey com God's commands. When we obey God's commands, we conquer the world. 
Because nothing conquers all those things like loving the way Jesus loves. Nothing conquers all those things like us forgiving each other when we don't deserve it. Like giving mercy when the person doesn't deserve it. Like giving grace when we don't deserve it. Like giving of our time and our effort and our energy and our money. All the things that matter the most to us. Nothing conquers the world, overcomes the world like that. And you will not do that in this world unless you are born of God, reborn of God. Conquer the world. You're born of God. If you're born of God, then you love his children. If you love his children, you conquer the world. It's an unbreakable chain. Any one of those elements not in there, then it doesn't happen. Those elements all go together. It is a chain. Each one a link. One link broken, we're not doing what we've been called to do. Conquer the world for the gospel of Jesus. Fight suffering for the gospel of Jesus. Fight suffering so that Jesus, the one and only true God, is proclaimed, is believed upon, and that you and I and everyone else that places their faith in that truth is saved now and forever, for eternity. That's how you conquer the world. It's not about giving a meal. A meal's temporary. It's not about giving a house. A house is temporary. It's not about anything else than doing any of those things and all of those things for the gospel of Jesus. You can give a bazillion dollars. It's temporary. You can give a bazillion dollars for the gospel of Jesus, and it'll change eternity. Maybe for one person, maybe for a thousand, maybe for a million. Who knows? Who knows? But it's an inextricable, unbreakable, must-stay-together chain. All of these things are elements of faith, belief, hope, and trust that Jesus is the Son of God. Now, I have left one thing out. Hopefully some of you have thought about it. One thing I haven't said yet. There's one more part that goes with sin and suffering. It's a part we don't like to talk about. It's a part we don't like to think about. It's a part we like to ignore and pretend is not real. It's a part of sin and suffering that deep down we wish just wasn't part of it. If we were all to sit here and be honest and authentic and sincere like we try to be and want to be. What is that? It's death. The great equalizer. That's why I said if you give a, a, a bazillion dollars just to do it, I mean, it's nice. It'll change somebody's day or week. Might even change their whole physical life. But here's the thing. They're still going to die. And you're going to die. And I'm going to die. Everyone is going to die because of sin and suffering. It's the great equalizer. You might have a great life here in this world with a good job and a spouse you love and kids that obey you and life is wonderful and great and grand and then you're going to die. Ain't none of that going to matter anymore. You might have a terrible life. Maybe you had parents that were awful to you, or parent, or someone else who wasn't even your parents, or you've gone through addiction, you've gone through terrible things, just like the person that had the great life, 
you're going to die too. It's the great equalizer. Here's the thing, church. It's vanity of vanities. That's what, that's what Solomon said. Life is vanity of vanities. It is meaningless if... <laughs> that's always a key word, isn't it? If it's only about this life. If all it is, if all existing is, is this physical life, then it is nothing but suffering. It is purposelessness. There is no point. And that's what some people believe. And I'll be honest with you. I've been confronted with that truth in a way I didn't ever hope to be confronted with in the last six weeks. And so have you. What is that truth? That you've got two choices in the way you look at this life. Either none of it matters or all of it matters forever. One of the two. Either you can work hard and you can get money and you can get status and you can get power and you can get fame and you can have all the food and all the drink and all the parties and all the fun and all the sex and all the pleasure and all the things this world has to offer and then die and that's it. Or there's a good, loving, gracious God that says he's going to make it all good one day. He's going to make it all just one day. He's going to have a reckoning one day. The things that, that just are not fair in this life. God says one day <laughs> it will be beyond fair. It will be beyond anything you can possibly comprehend. God says it's not for you to understand it all. It's for you to trust, to have faith that my plan is better than your plan. God says my plan is better than your plan. And it is for you to trust that, that I am the good, loving, gracious God that I tell you I am over and over and over again. And that I couldn't have shown you any other better way than through my son and what he did for you on the cross. There's no better way to understand that. John goes through for a few verses about testimony and how we believe if three people come up to you, eyewitness testimonies, and say something happened in this life, you would believe that. And, God, and, and he says that I've done that through the water, through baptism, through the blood shed on the cross, and through the Spirit that lives in my people. I have given you three testimonies to this, that the fact that this is true. And then, after a few verses of explaining that, we won't get into that today, because that's a long, deep discussion. He finishes with this. And this is the testimony, the testimony he's just explained. This is the testimony. God has given us eternal life. Praise God. Praise God. Eternal life. And this life is in his son. The one who has the son has life. And the one who does not have the son does not have eternal life. You can keep the cars or you can have them. You can keep the houses or you can have them. You can have the status, you can have the power, you can have the fame, you can have all that stuff. You can enjoy it for a day or for a hundred years. But I'm telling you right now, give me eternal life. Give me Jesus. All the rest of it don't matter. 
You might live 10 years, you might live 50 years, you might live 100 years, but you are going to die. And what you did (laughs) either doesn't matter, or what I believe is that every single thing you do not only matters now and can bring peace and comfort and grace and love and joy to this life, but every single thing you do in this life, I believe, not only can do that, but it matters not just now, not just today, not just for the next 50 years. It matters forever. Give me eternal life. You can have this world. You can have it. I've been thankful for heaven. I've been glad that I get to go to heaven. I've been glad that God loves me enough to send his son so that I can have eternal life. I've been, I've been thankful for, the, for that for a long time. <laughs> but I'm telling you right now, I long for heaven. Now, I long to see my Savior. I long to see my loved ones. I can't wait to do what God has laid, laid out for me to do in this life so I can go to heaven forever. And when you get to that point, <laughs> then God's ready to use you. He's ready to do something special. So yeah, there's death. But right in the center of that chain, for those that have faith in Jesus, there's eternal life. And eternal life is not something we wait for one day. Eternal life happens the minute you are reborn from God. Amen. It's not for us to understand. God promises peace, not understanding. Everything you have in this life is from Him. You came into this world with nothing, one of the songs we're about to sing says. You came in with nothing. Everything we have is a gift, including eternal life. Anything and everything, anything and everything that we experience in this world, the good, the bad, the pain, the suffering, everything in between, all of it, all of it makes sense in the perspective of eternity. Without eternity, it doesn't make sense. Without eternity, it's not worth it. But in perspective of eternity, bring it on. That's what I tell this world. That's what I tell Satan. Bring it on. Faith in Jesus, son. That's what I tell him. If he could manifest himself right here, I'd say, faith in Jesus. You are defeated. Death is defeated. Sin is defeated. I've got eternal life, now and forever. Bring it on. So the thing about suffering is, we're about to sing a song that talks about new wine, right? You have to press grapes, which is not comfortable, for it to be made into something more useful. New wine. The thing about suffering is, it's kind of like lifting weights. I like to lift weights. I know you don't, I don't look like it, but, but I do. <laughs> you can lift weights, and it, it hurts. It's pain and suffering, but it's got a point. It makes you stronger. There's a reason why you do it. You can take that same weight that you lift, and you can drop it on your toe. It doesn't have the same purpose anymore. That's just pain and suffering for the sake of pain and suffering. 
That's what I consider evil. We're being pressed. We suffer in this life. But it's lifting weights for a purpose. It's not suffering. It's not weights dropped on our toe. Here's the thing. If we truly, truly could get the picture, a glimpse, faith the size of a mustard seed, to truly see what eternity after this physical world is over is going to be like, we could truly see that. The glory that is to come. Romans 8.18 says, the suffering we experience in this world is nothing compared to that. Nothing. That's all we got to do, church. We got to focus on what we need to focus on. And that's giving God praise through His Son, Jesus Christ, that He loves us enough to give us eternal life. And we need to be about that life and living that life and sharing that life so that we can, like we said a couple of weeks ago, hashtag make heaven crowded. If it were even possible to do, let's make heaven crowded. Let's live this life in a way that more people want to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Because I'm here to tell you, it's the only thing that matters. It's the only thing that matters. I'm going to pray for us. I'm going to sing a few songs to finish up. And I would challenge you to spend this time either in worship from your heart or in prayer. Or, if there's something in between you and someone in this church or in this world that needs to be fixed, then I challenge you to fix it. Fix it now. Don't wait another second. I'll pray for us, and then we'll sing together. Lord, I thank you for who you are and what you've done. I thank you that you love us eternally, God. We don't get it, we don't understand it, and we sure don't deserve it. But we thank you for it. God, I personally thank you for it in a way that I didn't grasp until recently, Lord. How important it is to know you. Lord, I thank you that no matter what we experience in this world, good, bad, and everything in between, it's all got a purpose, it's all got a meaning, <laughs> and the glory that will come from it all is eternal, will be eternally enjoyed, God. We thank you for that. You are a God worth worshiping no matter what. We thank you for that today, God. I pray that as we finish up this time of worship together, God, that you would move in our hearts, that your Holy Spirit would build up those who need to be built, built up and would break those that need to be broken, that need to surrender you, God. We pray those things in Jesus' precious, matchless, and holy name. Amen.